Hello and welcome back to another episode of Reality TV on Record with me, your host, Ingram Noble. This week I am joined by an absolutely fascinating guest who was once the subject of an episode of The World's Strictest Parents. Please welcome to the podcast, Chesden Mills. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. How are we? I'm very good, thanks. Oh, do you know what? I'm genuinely so excited to talk to you. I, I, you actually popped up on my my TikTok for you page last week, and it was about World's Strictest Parents. And I was like, I fucking loved that show when it was on. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to try and get him on the podcast. Oh, thanks. It's, it seems to be one of the things, like, whenever I am, um, I can never get views on anything. And then as soon as I, like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. And then yeah. everyone just sort of, like, goes crazy. So... Yeah, it seems like a million years ago. I watched the episode last night um, in preparation for this because I I was going to watch, we were supposed to record yesterday and then we rescheduled. So I was like, oh, I'll watch it tonight in bed. (laughs) And um, it's a bit mad. It's a bit mad. And there's some things on there that probably wouldn't be on TV today. 100%, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to jump right into it just because it was mad. How do you end up on a show like that? So I I just wanted to get into TV. Um, I was doing media at college and mm. I was sort of, I just wanted to sort of be famous for nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't really have any talent. I just wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted to be like a Kardashian. I suppose the Kardashians weren't even there then. Were yeah, they? probably they not. But yeah, I was, um, I wanted to be like Paris Hilton then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I basically I applied myself um and I said to my mom I want to do this thing it's a free holiday I'll get on telly I'll act like an idiot um just go along with everything and then yeah and we'll see if we can get ourselves sort of (laughs) famous yeah (laughs) so it's not a case of like I imagine it could be for some people so it's not a case of like the parents being like my child is a twat like no no I was never bad there was nothing I was honestly I was never bad at all so uh, it's it's totally produced and yeah, yeah that's mad <laughs> so, isn't it because you don't think lot. about like now we do known about like Love Island and things but back yeah. then you're like how are these children doing this so it was um I think the rules changed since of how they put these kind of shows together because it's mm. actual entertainment which um is basically means it's not scripted but it is incredibly staged um so you have these situations where they they'll get two sort of opposing figures and then they'll be like right you're gonna go in the room and then you're gonna have an argument about xyz and then sometimes you'll have an argument and then the sound will go or the camera didn't focus or something but oh can you just do that again yeah it's totally like so um it's you know you can't believe everything you see on tv (laughs) So, so you got to go across to um, Atlanta with Bex. Do you still keep in touch with Bex or was that a... I do, yeah. We, we're good friends. Um, I've not seen her in a while, but we still talk and stuff online. And um, I was supposed to meet up with her, actually. I was um, in London recently, but um, we had to change things around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to catch up with her at some point. Yeah, and just now, because we're talking about like it being produced and stuff... Uh... I don't know whether I want to ask this question because it might ruin just my perception of it all. Were the Kimbros really that mental? Um, 
Right. So first off, because I feel bad bashing them. Um, so let me just say, I, I love them. And I think they're very good. You know, they've got good intentions for the children and everything like that. And, um, and I wish them all the best. And secondly, they were actually more mental <laughs> than what you saw on the TV. Because so. <laughs> I've always, I've always had this weird thing with people in America calling their parents sir and ma'am. Yeah, it's like, mad. If my mum turned around tomorrow and was like, "You need to start addressing me like yes, ma'am," I'd be like, "Fuck off." <laughs> they were. Um... No, they were really nice. And I think by the end of the 10 days, we've sort of, you know, came to an understanding. Like I understood that they were coming from a place where they'd had trauma in their lives and that's yeah. why they are the way they are. And they sort of just accepted the fact that I wasn't going to change my sexuality. So I was just sort of, so we came to sort of, you know, an understanding and um, and I've got nothing but love for them, as I say. But they um, they are incredibly religious yeah. So um, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't. Um, shown. I'm about to ask you about all of that because <laughs> um, I was thinking about this last night, and I was like, because I was watching it, and just the, the way they sort of were reacting to certain things. I was like, I, I know this was whenever it was, like in a different time, but this is still a bit mental. Yeah, but um, I do want to um, very quickly go over some iconic quotes that made me laugh out loud last night when I rewatched it. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not going to bomb in your house, which was just <laughs> iconic. And yeah. I'm stood in the forest in the I'm stood in the forest in the rain trying to have a fag with a bible on my head. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Do you know what I always thought because I've watched most of the series, it's all on YouTube and stuff. See if it would have been me and they're telling me that I'm not allowed to smoke. Yeah. I'd have been like, get a producer here right now. I, I want a producer. And is that what happens? Um, so <laughs> so I, I knew that we weren't going to be... I'd watched like two episodes of the show before yeah. I went on it. Um, and I knew that smoking was going to be an issue. So um, I'd cut out the middle of a dictionary and I filled it with cigarettes. Um, and so then... with the Like a cigarette part, mule going through the airport. Yeah. Um, but then... The, the family they went through our suitcases and they, they didn't they cut it out but she actually wonder uh, the mom she picked up the dictionary and i was bricking it and then she turned around and looked at me and stared at me and then went hmm, like really impressed that i'd brought a dictionary and then put it down and i was like Whew, that was that was a good that was, yeah. uh, i just uh escaped out the skin of my teeth there um but we we had cigarettes, um, both of us, and, and we hid them all over the house because if they found them, the entire stash, that's it, we would have been screwed. So we literally, like, sort of, it was sort of like money laundering. Like, so we had just, like, little bits of cigarettes, like, all over the entire, like, plot, like pot plants, video cases, like, everything. Wow. Like, it was all over the place. Um, and then when we uh, sort of, we actually got to a point where... Um, because they did take some of our cigarettes off us, um, the family. So we, we got to a place where we ran out. So um, they actually just got hold of our, gave us some cigs, basically. Because um, we had enough um, footage of the arguments over smoking, and they didn't want the entire episode to be of that. Because um, they only filmed when something was happening, like yeah. going on. And they had um, over 80 hours of footage 
to take mm. into that one episode, which was just crazy. So like a lot happened, as you can imagine. Mm. So they were just sort of like, right, you know what? We've got hours and hours of smoking arguments and you running off and stuff like that. So, yeah. so after that, it was just like a, oh, like chairs, uh, we need to talk to you about such a thing. Can you come with us? And then they'd just like sneak me away while I had a cigarette and then come back smelling of smoke. And the parents would just act none the wiser. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I'd be like, get a producer here now. I need a cigarette or I'm going home. Yeah, I was, I, I mean, I don't smoke anymore, I vape, but um, the, the first... Twins. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's right there. 40 um, days. <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> Killing me. I still feel like I could eat a pack. <laughs> um, when, when the car pulled up um, at the house, um, we'd actually been in the car for a, quite a few hours. And so they, I wanted to just get out and have a cigarette. And I said, I'm getting out of this car and having a cigarette. And they said, no, you've got to stay in the car until we get there and then you can have one. And then it was like a wink, wink sort of thing. So I knew at that point they were holding us there until they got everything ready with the family all mic'd up and prepared. And then it was going to be a case of we pull up, I get out, want to have a cigarette, and then it's a big palaver. Yeah. So, and I don't think they expected me to actually um, go through with it. Yeah. And I was just, I was, I was, you know, when you just need nicotine so much that you yeah. do not care. Like I was just like. <laughs> also, how old were you at the time? I was 16. Yeah. All right. Okay. So still not legally allowed to smoke, but. <laughs> no. Well, it used to be. Smoke oh, like yeah. You were allowed to smoke at 16. You just couldn't buy them. Um, yeah. I can't remember what year it changed. I think it changed just before. Um, we filmed that in 2009. It is mad, though, the way that they went on as well. Like, I'm sat there and, like, I, I don't think I'd last. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think I would. But, yeah, it, the smoking thing, I've always been, like, if it was me, I'd have just said, get a producer here now. <laughs> like, do it, and I would have a cigarette. But I, I do want to talk to you about the fact that you are gay and you were in Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> you, you're gay, and you're in a family. You're in a house with a Baptist Christian family, yeah. In like the Bible Belt of America, and so there was the whole pretty boy conversation that went down. Then they were sort of like, "Don't say you're gay. Just say that you're a, a, an attractive gentleman. That means something else in America." <laughs> so I'm guessing that they weren't comfortable. With the no, they, they weren't comfortable, but um, you know, I think that's what um they, they were hoping for with, with making the show. So um, you know, they looked for a gay teenager who was rebellious, you know, like mm. had that sort of image because I was had long hair and everything, so they could sort of paint me that way. Um, and then they had a really they looked for a really religious family, and so obviously the, in religion and being gay, there was gonna be that clash, and that's what they wanted. Um, and I think you know, and and they got it. We, I knew what was happening, and I sort of just went. I thought, right, okay, I'm here. I'm supposed to be like, oh, I'm the gay one, and then the family's going to be like, oh, well, we don't like that because of our religion, and then there was going to be an argument. So I just thought it'd be really funny and entertaining to myself as well <laughs> um, to just sort of make 
fun of them kind of so like yeah. that's why i was saying things like oh yeah i'm a pretty boy and things like that so like they they knew I got, like you knew I what the, you were doing yeah i got the sense straight away when we pulled up and we got out and i mean it's even it's in the show for a split second the, the dad and the son sort of look at each other and it's this look that says oh my god like this this guy's gotta live in our house <laughs> yeah like we are binning those bed sheets when he yeah. leaves <laughs> he's got gay all over the bed sheets and then and then obviously you went to this massively religious church and you were in a all christian faith school like was there a point where you were like this is too much i'm done um yeah only once because um i I, (laughs) you know it just went on and on and to the point where i did break so there was one day we were in church and for about four, maybe five hours, there was a sermon that was basically just shouting about how being gay was wrong and it's a sin and you're going to hell. And I think after like, you know, hours of that, it just, I was exhausted. Yeah. Like I was mentally exhausted. It's not um, funny anymore. No, and I, and I broke down crying and I think maybe they were like, oh shit actually maybe we've took this a bit far sort of thing and so they didn't include it in the show <laughs> yeah because it because i was watching it and the dad sat there like sin is sin and i'm like this is yeah. madness did you ever get pinched by sister patrice not by sister patrice no no i didn't because i was watching it and i was like fucking hell i just punched her <laughs> um yeah, I mean, she was, I didn't have much interaction with her um, because it was Bex that sort of had, had that storyline, dissecting pigs. Um, and, you know, while Bex is giving this big speech, um, sort of getting emotional, I actually turned to the director and I was like, sort of, and I said, like, should I throw it at her? <laughs> like, at the door, this pig. Like, so, and it was like, no, no, too far. No, so, too, too far, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're thinking about. Because then also you're in this really religious school and then Beck starts talking about abortions and things yeah. like that. And I was like, they're, they're going to crucify these two kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Um, it was school. I actually loved school, going to school, though, because it meant that we got away from the family. Yeah. Because for the entire time that we were there, they knew where we were, what we were doing 24-7. And then on the times where um, we weren't with the family, we had a babysitter that the family appointed us who was this. She didn't make it into the show, but, um, you know, she was... I don't think she was mentally all there. Um, and she was built like a brick shit house. So That's like, why they appointed her. Yeah, so like in church, example, if I wanted to go to the toilet, she would follow us to the toilet and then um, she would stand outside the door while we went in the toilet. So we literally could not get any space. And I sort of got a bit claustrophobic and I was like, needed to go out. I said, I just need to go out for some chair. And she grabbed all of my arms, like, no, you're not going. And I was like, let go of me. And she like, pinch my out so then I just sort of like tugged at her and she like nearly fell over and and I was just like that's when I was like tell her fucking not to touch me <laughs> everything so yeah because is there a certain point where you can have a say with what happens with production we didn't really have any say on the you know what you know 
can and can't happen. But, um, you know, if, if it was something that like that where you were being physically grabbed, yeah, I think that's where me and Bex both, you know, said, you know, that's not on. We're not having that. Yeah, don't, um, don't fucking touch me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was quite intimidating as well, like, because, um, I mean, especially when I got, like David got in my face, the dad, because um, he's really tall and like you know muscular. Yeah, ten bets they've got a gun in that house as well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they would. Um, oh, they definitely seem like the type. They've got a secret room. Well, they've uh, <laughs> maybe not filled with guns, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, I mean, they had a, a, a framed photo of Obama, so I really don't know if they. Oh uh, yeah gun-wielding sort of <laughs> <laughs> no, because one thing talking about the dad and getting in your face the one thing that really didn't sit well with me and I think it maybe came more from production side that I didn't like was that we'd obviously heard your story about your family life and how you didn't have a relationship with your dad and then the the mum on the show that whatever her name Wanda I think she kept referring to the guy that was in America as your dad yeah and you repeatedly said, like, please don't say that. Yeah. So this is so this is the thing. So um, you know, I think in that time, I think, you know, the parents were getting frustrated because we weren't doing as we were told, and they were sort yeah. of embarrassed to have these two kids in the house. One of them's a raving homosexual. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going out smoking at church and things like that. So I think. I think, you know, she sort of wanted to get a reaction out of me and that, and it was more the way that she was saying it that um, sort of triggered me. Yeah. Well, in all honesty, I do not have any issue with the fact that I've never had a dad. No, like, that that's not what I'm it, like. It just shit. It, that... Yeah. The the show, um, sort of, it, need, it was a storyline for the, the show yeah. went down that route to paint it out as if I was some troubled teen because I didn't have a father figure but I was honestly like I could not have cared less <laughs> yeah. like, um and you know my dad actually watched the show it was the first time he ever saw me um and he managed to get in touch when I was 18 and he said um he wanted to take me to McDonald's to make it up to me and all this stuff and I just I couldn't be bothered. Like it was, you know, he's just a stranger to me. So it doesn't yeah. um, have any sort of like effect on me mm. at all. But last sort of question about World's Strictest Parents. If, because obviously BBC Three is back now, if yeah. they'd done like a, a reunion and producers, I want a cut if you do this because I've not had anyone say this idea. Would you like go to a big reunion and sit with them and chat about all your experiences? Um, so they didn't do a reunion of with the parents, but they did do a reunion of the teenagers. Mm. So there was a spin-off show called Top Ten Teen Tantrums. I think yeah. it was in 2011. And it was the first three series they got together um, for a red carpet event at some Everyman Cinema in London. And um, and they counted down like the top ten of the who was like the biggest twats on the show and um and me and bex won number one so it was like Woo! fun, <laughs> fun. Um, would you go but, and meet the kimbros though 
Or do you just I would, like that? Yeah, I would. Do you know what I've thought about? Like just going back myself just to see them because I'd love to see them again, um, you know, and see that they're doing well and everything. Are you still in contact with any of them? No, we kind of just drifted apart. Um, we had like for a few years, just like the odd email here and there. Um, but, you know, they, they're very different people. Like, and, you know, I respect the fact that they've got religion in their lives and that's how they choose to live their life. And, um, you know, and I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And I think, um, you know, maybe they, you know, we're never going to be like, yeah you never because we're so different we're just different people but i think we've got the respect there and um and, and the love there so that's all that matters really i would like to know if their method worked with their kids like i mean <laughs> yeah. are their kids successful or are they crackheads <laughs> like um, i don't know I've, I've i've not seen them um yeah i have no idea but i would guess that their um kids have um, you know, stayed in line and done well for themselves. Could you imagine if one of them was gay? <laughs> I mean, I would kind of love it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's the spin-off show we need from World Strictest Parents. Like, let's go and meet all of the, the grown-up family's children. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be good. Who knows? Maybe I'll get them on the podcast. We'll have, we'll have a live reunion. Um but then, obviously, you were doing media studies at college before you went on, and now you're a film director. But And I do have to just say, as every actor does have to say, I am available for work. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. So am I. <laughs> How did you get into, di- like, when was it like, no, I want to be a director? Um, so, I mean, I've always sort of, um, you know, been interested in doing stupid little videos and things like that. Um, I think like the one on your karaoke machine. Oh, let's not bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, I mean, this is going to sound so weird now. Probably shouldn't say this, but um, when I was like 10, I think I made my first film, which was on my mum's phone. And it was just, I was using her like beanie baby teddies and I took a picture and then I moved them a little bit, took another picture then took another picture. And I had like hundreds of pictures. And then I like, played them through really fast and it was basically these two teddies having sex and then having a cigarette afterwards and that was the first film stop there. motion porn yeah based of teddies so like when i was like those poor beanie babies <laughs> you were definitely meant to be on world's strictest parents <laughs> Should have told you see when you were having that dinner about being openly gay and then being really shocked you should have said then and I am also making amateur beanie baby porn. <laughs> that would have been great. Obviously, yeah. you've won a few awards and stuff. And I'm going to bring a question over from my other podcast that I host, which is Drama School Dropout. Please go and check it out if anybody's listening. Um, and what I like to ask everyone, because shit happens on sets and all that kind of stuff, was yeah. do you have like a favourite crazy or funny story from set? I mean, there's so many, really. Um, like I think I was, probably when I was a student and you know we were just fucking about and making stuff and um, <laughs> it was just this bit where we were supposed to film a dog humping this guy um, like... I'm sensing a pattern 
Yeah, like, so there was this scene in this short film called Sisters Kill Misters, and, um, you know, and I used my own dog in it, and it was like, the, the guy's supposed to be playing a dead body, and then the dog's supposed to be, like, humping him, and so, and then the sister's reaction is like, oh God, don't let the dog hunt the body. And, but we just couldn't do the, we must have done it like 50 times because we were laughing. And I was just trying to coax. I mean, this guy, the actor that played it, did the part of the dead guy, he didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, he was just sleeping and we just wake him up in between, like when we were like ready to go now. Um, and then it sort of had him like, okay, Okay, just bend over his sofa, like pulling down his pants, and like we're just don't. And like he 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 like agreed to all this. By the way, okay, maybe I'm um, not available for work. <laughs> but then we was sort of just trying to get the dog to like go around his buttocks to then like get the shot of the dog like sniffing around him or like you know sort of as if he's gonna hump. Um, so we was like putting pieces of ham down his shorts and like <laughs> all this stuff, and it was. I think that was got to be the most funniest um, thing that I've ever done, that I've ever filmed. Like, <laughs> right. We definitely need to reunite you with the Kimbros. We need <laughs> just like an hour of you just telling them all of the shit that you've done and see if, like, the next challenge is see if we can give Wanda a heart attack. No, no, poor Wanda. <laughs> like, how long does it take to push her over the edge? I'm going to say not very long, but... No. Like, <laughs> I think the Beanie Baby pawn would maybe do it. <laughs> I think, do you, do you know what I loved about them was they were so innocent. So, like, there was... I think there was one bit in there that the cats in the show where it was... They asked if um, I was open about being gay they asked if I was open now I know that they were asking me if I'm open and tell people that I'm gay but no I don't my... cheat on anyone I don't have yeah so I was just making them feel like more uncomfortable and I was just like no I don't cheat anyone you know I'm, I'm monogamous like and stuff and just, just to sort of see they were their like, reaction like, what <laughs> um, because <laughs> I always thought as well, and then I got really shocked that they allowed their children to hear all of that stuff. I think the thing was they didn't realize what we were saying. Yeah. So like they, they didn't understand a lot of like the things that we'd say. Um, so we could, you know, talk to each other. Me and, Be- me and Bex, I don't know what, we would just click straight away. And we pretty much had our own language, like when we were there. We just yeah. like caused absolute chaos. British people talk fast enough. Nobody understands them if you're not British. Yeah. But it was just more like a, we literally we just look at each other and we knew what we were thinking. Like yeah. stir up some shit. Like <laughs> But I really... definitely think those kids had mini exorcisms performed on them after you left. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they probably went through that house burning white sage. Like <laughs> <laughs> cleansing the place. Yeah. It is. It's mad, isn't it? The way, the way that it goes. Would you ever send your kid if you ever had a child on World Strictest? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's because it's strange because it was, you know, in so many ways, I I had a, you know, it was a great experience, but I think yeah. it was also um quite damaging and um like more so after the show because I struggled with like employment and things like that um and also like you know 
on reflection, it probably did amplify any unruly behaviour that I had um, because I was sort of painted as being this bad boy. And that's, you know, the identity that I had on the show. And that's mm. what I was seen as by the public. And that was all I had. So, you know, I just sort of lived up to my name and I was getting drunk and shagging about until my early 20s. <laughs> Best way to live your life. Yeah. Um, it also wasn't very healthy either, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't think that I would ever, you know, I think the concept of the show was popular and it, and it'd be a hit now if they did it in the right way but the thing is it was oh it wouldn't be allowed now the way it was no it wasn't because they were exploiting teenagers um you know if it did was... you get paid no the families got paid for having you but the, the, the teenagers didn't so like you know if it was um if it was done now um and the purpose of the show was to truly change the teen's behavior then they'd have counsellors there, like they'd have um, a presenter to act as an intermediary. They'd, there's so much more that could have been done, but they didn't. Instead, they just looked for teens who were often vulnerable, and then they placed them in opposite environments to, you know, fuel the fire for arguments and distress in the name of entertainment. Mm. And they made millions off it, like millions. You know, it, it won an Emmy. Um, it, they took the show all over the world, and... Um, you know, and and it was great for them, but they didn't have, to, there was zero aftercare for the teenagers that went on the show and um, and they That's didn't get mad. anything. They didn't get anything from it, so. Um, yeah, because I, I noticed that there was a lot of spin-offs and one thing that I've realised quite often was that they never sent people to Britain. <laughs> they sent, I think they sent two kids from America or Australia to Ireland. Yeah. But never never England or Scotland because nobody's that off their rocker. Um, I've got a couple of questions now that are my nosy bastard questions, as I like to call them, because it's the whole reason I do podcasts, because I'm nosy. What's the weirdest Instagram DM you've say, oh, sorry. sorry, you need a jingle for that. Like, like you know, like a nosy bastard yeah. jingle. Like, now it's time for the nosy bastard. And then it's like, <laughs> well, if anybody bastard. out there wants to do it, let yeah. me know. <laughs> I have no budget. Um, yeah, what's, what's the weirdest Instagram DM you've ever received? Oh, God. I mean, I've had so many, I can't even tell you. So, like, right, okay, actually, I've got it on my phone. Let me get this up. So this isn't... Um, you know it's going to be good when it's screenshotted. I think I've still kept it in my um, like request things. Let me look for it. It's worth it. Hang on. Right. Oh, no, I'm ready. Okay. So, I mean, this girl was pretty weird. Where is that? Okay. So, this girl, basically, she had um, watched the episode and then um, posted online saying that I was um, calling me a knob and then got into an argument in the comments with some guy who was like, you don't know this person. Why are you calling him a knob? And then they have an argument about it. She then screenshots this conversation of basically people arguing over whether or not I'm a knob and then sent it to me um, and then try, trying to justify her reasoning for calling me a knob and asking me if I was okay with it. And if I wasn't, she'd take it down. 
<laughs> that was one of the crazier ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally okay with you calling me a knob on the internet. Yeah, it's like a it's like a 500 word essay that she sent with it as well. Wow. I've got I'm just flicking through. There's so many. They're, they're all quite weird. I get added to group chats quite a lot as well. I get a lot of um, bot accounts that are like, you want to see my nudes? Oh no, these are like people like. Oh, like, and they were saying that, oh, yeah, tag him, tag him in it. And then they tag me, and it's just sort of, and then they just like all quoting me and stuff, which is quite weird when people just say things to you that you've said, mm. and you're like, well, okay, yeah, I get it. But like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, you could just be yeah. in the middle of your day, and it's like, why are you, why are you sending me this? So coming up next, you've got films and documentaries and stuff. Where can everyone watch your documentaries? Are you like a, a YouTuber? Are you putting anything out or is it all like strictly um, for professional shit? So most of the stuff I've done is like just whacked online um, on like YouTube or whatever. Um, the most recent shot I did, um, Date Prep, it's like a gay comedy. And I actually starred in that as well. It's my first time acting as well as di- directing. It's won a bunch of awards. It did really well in the festival scene. The um, last screening of that is at Brighton Rocks Film Festival on the 23rd of July. And, um, and I'll be they... in, like, my mum literally <laughs> lives in Chichester and I will be there. Oh, well, yeah, um, I get my bum out in it a couple of times. So sorry, you'll have to see that. <laughs> abs- I, I mean, where can I get tickets? <laughs> Um, their website, Brighton Rocks Film Festival. I'll have a look. Um, and then in August, um, it's going online. I'm just in the middle of securing a deal for ex- exclusivity for um, subscription rights. Um, so it'll be on there on Gay Binge, Gay Binge TV for two years, which is on uh, Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick and Apple, whatever. Um, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a dodgy Fire Stick. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. You can get that. <laughs> it really fucks with me because I'm in the industry and I like to support the industry, but also Netflix is now eight quid a month. Yeah. So it's more, like, isn't it? It's, I'm paying more. I've only it. got one screen. Uh, I my mum uses mine, so I have to Sing- get like a single and live alone. Perks. Yeah. <laughs> Perks. My mum doesn't know how to use Netflix. <laughs> Um, but where can everyone find you on social media and keep up to date with what you're doing Um, Instagram I don't really accept Facebook requests from anyone that I don't know yeah that's weird don't add people on Facebook unless you know them yeah so Instagram definitely you know drop me a message like I will say hi I will try and help you if you've got questions about script stuff Um, and TikTok as well now I'm getting into it I mean it's only been a I've been really giving it a go for the past few days, but mm. it's been moving quite well so far. Getting a lot yeah. of hits and doing stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on Cameo or anything like that? Cami? Cameo. Cameo. No, I'm not. I've, I have thought about it, but I don't think... I think if I'd have done it back then, I'd have made a shit ton of money, but I think now, I don't think anyone gives a fuck anymore, really. I would quite like you to recreate the Bible, having a fag in the rain with a Bible <laughs> on your head. I'd quite like to recreate that. I'd pay for you to do that and then wish me a happy birthday. I'll let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on and chat with me. Thank you so much. Amazing. 
And there we have it, another episode of Reality TV on Record Complete, with me, your host, Ingram Noble and Chesden Mills. Make sure to come back next Friday for your weekly dose of Reality TV on Record.